Welcome to the Lady Preacher Podcast, a podcast for the progressive Christian, where we talk about an all-loving God, an embodied Christ, and an ever-moving spirit. Dive right in as we wrestle with what it means to live out our faith in the world. Hi, my friend. Welcome to Lady Preacher. I'm your host, Pastor Kelsey Beebe. And today we are diving right into the topic of doubt, which is everybody's favorite. But in all honesty, I love conversations about doubt because you can't have faith without it. It's such a vital and important piece because without doubt, you have certainty and certainty and faith are not the same thing. So today we have on someone who has truly embraced doubt in their faith life. We have Kat Wordsworth with us today, and she is the person behind the Instagram account, the popular Instagram account about underscore doubt, where she shares about her story of messy and doubt-filled faith. I'm really grateful for her vulnerability and courage because there's a lot of shame that can come with feeling a great sense of doubt. It's something that we often avoid as Christians. It kind of feels taboo to talk about doubts we have or questions we have or wonderings, but there's so much growth and possibility that can happen when we embrace it and when we talk about it. And Kat shares her experience with doing that. She shares her experience of prolonged crippling doubt and how she found her faith coming alongside her experience of doubt. I know that I hear a lot of my own story within cats, and I am sure many of you will as well. I hope that you open your heart to this conversation and leave feeling a little less alone in your own faith life or doubt life. Before we get started, let's say a prayer together. God of many questions and few answers. We ask that you open our hearts and our minds today. May we be present to your spirit. May your peace fill the wells within us. May your grace be upon us. God, I give you thanks for the person who is listening today. May they feel your love and your grace, and may they know that they are enough exactly as they are that their questions are worthy, that their doubts are sacred, and that their faith is a beautiful practice that doesn't have to be perfect. God, we pray this in your name. Amen. Hi, Kat. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. So in the intro, I gave folks a little bit of an idea of who you are, but I'd love to hear it in your words. Can you share with us? Who are you? What do you do? What do you love? Um, Just give us a a little window into you. Yeah. So hi, I'm Kat. Um, I live in Yorkshire in England, although um, I should say, for the benefit of your American listeners, this is not a Yorkshire accent. I am from London, so I, I know that my fellow Yorkshiremen would want me to point that out. Um, <laughs> I am married with two children, and my day job, I 
I work in welfare rights, so I help make sure that people um, get the money that they're entitled to get, if that makes sense. Um, what do I love? Oh, I love nature. I love walking. I live in a good part of the world for that. Um, I like to bake. I did a music degree, so I like to play the piano, play the guitar sometimes, just when I get the time in amongst looking after in my children. So yes, that's a snapshot of who I am. Mm, thank you. Do your children play music at all? Yes. Um, I have the honour of having three drum kits in my house. Wow. Um, my, my husband and my nine-year-old son um, both are enthusiastic drummers. Fortunately, they are good, so it's not awful. Um, but yes, it can be a noisy household sometimes. <laughs> and uh, my six-year-old daughter doesn't want to be left out, so she's learning too. Noisy. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully a good kind of noise most yeah. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious if you can share with us a little bit about your journey with faith. I found you because of your, your Instagram where you talk a lot about doubt. So can you share with us your, your journey? Yeah. So on paper, um, I had, I suppose, quite a, quite a normal Christian upbringing in terms of English culture. Um, I'm from a Christian family. I've always gone to church. Um, once I got a bit older, I went to youth groups and even a youth church, actually, alongside my family one. Um, when I left to go to university, I carried on going to a church. Um, so yeah, on, on paper, it looked like I kind of ticked all the boxes and everything was going going well. But underneath that, I suppose I'd always, well, I say always, from from a young age, I'd been aware that the way that I felt didn't seem to quite match up with what people were talking about from the front. You know, this kind of, this deep personal relationship with Jesus that was almost as if you had an invisible best friend by your side, kind of the way that people spoke about it with such such passion and such certainty as if it was absolutely obvious to them. I just never felt like that. Um, I think at that point, I I just assumed that something would happen along the way that would make it all click into place and I would end up feeling like that. Um, so I kind of I carried on hoping that something was going to happen to shift things. After university, um, I did a music degree. So while I was at university, I, I helped with the worship team at my church and after university it was kind of a natural extension that I then volunteered there for a year as a as a worship assistant and I mean arguably with the benefit of hindsight it maybe wasn't the wisest wisest decision when things with my faith were um relatively fraught but I suppose I just I hoped that by committing like that it might force something to happen that that would give me the click that I wanted. I mean, you can see where this is going. It didn't <laughs> click. Um, and I suppose at that point, at that point, I really kind of named that feeling as doubt, number one, and kind of lost hope that something else, that something was ever going to happen to make it fall into place. So that was about 14 years ago now. Um, 
and after that year i did i did stick the year out um and i did tell people i didn't keep it a secret um although at the time i'm not sure i could have really put into words what had gone wrong um it's very easy to to put your your later understanding back onto something that's happened in the past so yeah i'm not sure i could have really told people what the matter was at that point but yeah from there it all just kind of went a bit wrong it just spiraled um i think doubt can often come hand in hand with feelings of shame and guilt and isolation and kind of a well what's wrong with me what did i do wrong because on as i said on paper it looked like i'd done everything right and it it wasn't that i didn't want it to happen kind of i it was it was desperately what i wanted but it just it didn't it just didn't seem to click for me um i didn't stop going to church um again with hindsight might have been better to take a break for a while um and i just became i just suppressed it all which is a terrible thing to do um and then i suppose what led to the instagram bearing in mind how many years later this is now that i i went through periods where i'd try to sort it out and what i mean by that is i would kind of overwhelm myself with theology you know try to convince myself into faith sometimes it helped a bit sometimes it didn't um and eventually after a long long old journey i i accepted that as well as doubt i did have faith and that i needed to try and learn with both of them learn to live with both of them um but the instagram that you that we connected over um I don't ever try to answer people's doubts. I don't try to answer people's questions. That's not really what it's about. It's about raising awareness. I think a lot of what went wrong for me was that I didn't know it was normal. I didn't know it was normal to feel like that. I didn't know who else I could talk to that had felt the same. There was no kind of obvious resource to hand to go to which all make all adds to the shame and makes you think you're the only one and adds to the isolation because you you keep yourself to yourself and you keep it all buttoned in you know classic english stuff up a lip <laughs> it is it is true it is not inaccurate um so i suppose instagram was about trying to break that a bit i mean it's it's my small part in just trying to get people to talk about it would you say earlier you said you know you kind of lived learned to live with faith and doubt hand in hand is that where you feel like you are now that there's a there's space for both of them yeah i mean when i began this journey kind of 14 years ago i think i was very much caught within the idea that it wasn't faith unless i was sure you know mm. that it had to be that faith was the same thing as having certainty um and i don't know some people would agree with that some people would say the opposite is true um i don't tend to get well i haven't tried to dive deeply into but either side of the argument i just i've learned to listen to my own experience in that i do have faith and i do have doubt i i have both and actually moving away from understanding faith as certainty was what let me 
carry on with my story. I think I, I stayed trapped within that idea that I had to be sure for so many years that it prevented me from actually living with what I had, mm. which I'm sure some people, well, I know, I know I have friends that feel extremely certain in their faith and that's fine. That's good for them, but that's not, that isn't my experience of things. Um, but I think the, the big shift for me is that I've, I'm trying anyway. I feel, I feel the doubt and I feel the faith and I, try to live with both yeah what would you say for you is the difference between certainty and faith Hmm. I suppose in terms of certainty of faith I'm not sure I'm not sure I can um talk about the difference because I've never felt the certainty part of it um I don't know it's it's hard I know I I do have friends that, that do feel that certain in things and I suppose I can't comprehend how they feel just as they can't comprehend how I feel um what I benefit from with not feeling faith as certainty is that it forces me to keep to keep exploring to keep pushing to stay curious um I think a big shift for me with my understanding of faith happened when I was reading about the um the story of the bleeding woman Obviously, it's a story I'd heard quite a few times before, but um, I think I I read it again and really honed in on the fact that when he speaks to her at the end of the story, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. So I scoured back over the story, trying to work out what it was. What did faith look like in that moment for that lady? And I mean, I might be reading too much into it. I'm not a biblical interpreter or anything like that but um or a theologian but it doesn't strike me that she approached him because she was certain she approached with desperation you know she she'd run out of all other options and the other options i think in some translations even made things worse for her you know she was she was bleeding so as far as i understand it she was quite unclean in that culture and even to be in a crowd and risk touching people was like it was a massive thing for her to be there but she took the risk and she was healed and that is what Jesus named as faith and I think in my head I thought well I don't have any other options I'm pretty desperate I don't have it all sorted but if I follow this this woman's example, then I can try anyway, and hopefully that's that's faith. Mm-hmm. So that whether that means that if you're certain that is, I don't think that means that it isn't faith, but I think it means that there is definitely room for you to just accept the mess and plow forwards anyway. Mm. That's beautiful. I love that interpretation of that story. That it's an act of desperation and kind of like a final act of hope that, you know, I've run out of options, (laughs) so I might as well try this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that often we, we misunderstand what hope means. We kind of, we think it's this positive bubble of, you know, almost wishing, wishing for happy things to happen to you. Mm -hmm. But actually hope can come from absolute despair. You know, it's, she, she hoped something might happen, anything to bring her out of that hole. That wasn't kind of 
walking around in a happy little state of her of her world which which that wasn't her experience at all that was kind of absolute determined relentless hope to to take the risk and try anyway Mm -hmm. and surrendering into it too so that i suppose i mean this is going to sound like i planned this that story gave me hope um (laughs) yeah that that faith didn't have to didn't have to look like certainty and that there might be space for my experience of it within within the story and that Mm -hmm. that that was okay yeah I remember as a kid my parents used to host a bible study for their church at their house every once in a while and if I was home I would participate. It was always on Friday evenings and I was really only there for the cookies, but felt like (laughs) if if I was eating the cookies, I should probably sit and learn. But I remember saying once that I felt like the more I learned, the more questions I had. And a woman who was probably in her sixties at the time laughed and she said, as you get older, you'll have even more questions. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and that it gave me some comfort to know that it was normal to have questions. And um, my mom was a pastor and she had written a sermon at one point that I got to read um, after she passed that said, you can't have faith without doubt because without doubt you have certainty and certainty is not faith. And I think it was from Paul Tillich, mm. the theologian. And, yeah, I think yeah. It, I think there's a Philip Yancey one as well that says that. And yeah, I, I thought about quoting that earlier to say that it's the opposite. And it's hard because you don't want to exclude anyone that does feel it like that. But yes, I suppose it's it widens the net for for more people to say that well, you might feel like that, but you might do, you might not. Both are okay. Yeah, my husband loves to talk about the mystery of faith (laughs) and like sitting in the mystery of it and how you can't just Google God. I mean, you can probably Google God, but like, I mean, it'd be interesting to try and see what came up, wouldn't it? (laughs) But you know, it's, it's not something that you can like two plus two is four. We know that, Hmm. but there's a, a, a sense of mystery around God that I think is, is comforting and discomforting at the same time. I don't know if it's an analogy that gets used in the US, but I'm I'm sure I've heard it in quite a few sermons here that us trying to understand God and not having, not have questions is, is similar to kind of an ant trying to understand us. They're so Mm. small. Their, their world is completely different. You know, they're, they're tiny in comparison to us. We would never hope for them to be able to understand us, even though they can see us, they can observe us. I mean, I'm not sure what ants' eyesight is like, but the kind of the comparison of it's just too big. God is too big for us to understand. Of course, we're going to have questions. Of course, we're going to develop more questions. We might think we've got a handle on one, something else might happen that blows it wide open again. That's not a failure of faith that's a relationship developing as we develop as as humans and mature into into our lives i think mm-hmm. it's not something it's not something to be feared it's it's completely natural mm. i'm curious um why do you think it is we have such a hard time with doubt why is that something that i think a lot of folks when they feel doubt creep in and you've said these words to the 
the shame and the isolation? Why do you think it is we struggle with it so much? I think in my experience, the number one the number one reason I struggled with it was because I'd never heard anyone else admit to feeling like that. Um, I didn't know that it was normal. I didn't know that it. I could still be a Christian even to and experience these things. I had kind of no frame of reference for understanding what I what I felt, and just like you said about googling. God, if you Google kind of Christian doubt and what to do about it, the, the different answers you get are wide ranging. Let's put it like that. That's a kind <laughs> way to put it. Um, you know, there's this narrative that, that doubt makes you weak. It means that you've failed or that maybe even that you weren't ever a Christian in the first place. And that is hard and tough to avoid when you experience these things even if they haven't been said explicitly to you that's the kind of the implicit undertone is that it's weak and that it's it's a demonstration that your faith is failing in some way um i mean of course i'd argue probably the opposite i think it takes huge courage and strength to to admit these things um but I think that whole, um, all of those things feed into the fact that doubt is so often accompanied by huge fear, you know, that not just in terms of your personal relationship with, with God, but in terms of the potential loss of your community in some places, um, you know, broken relationships or even being thrown out of your church. I've, some of the messages I get from people on Instagram are truly heartbreaking, um, there is huge stigma with it, um, which again is why is why I post about it online just to try and break that a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Brene Brown who talks about the thing that shame thrives around is silence. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that it doesn't thrive around is when people speak into it. So I think it's really powerful mm. that that you share about it. And one of the things you shared recently was. A, a post about how Jesus doesn't seem to react to doubt in the same way that we often do. Would you be willing to share more about that? Yes, yeah, so it was a post that actually, it really seemed to touch a nerve with people and it, it feeds feeds on from what we were just talking about, that often we approach doubt with fear and seeing it as a threat or a betrayal or, you know, a sign of weakness but actually that isn't what Jesus seems to do. If you take kind of his reaction to Thomas when he wanted to, you know, touch touch the wounds in his hand or to the the father who to Jesus's face says, "Lord, I believe, help my unbelief." I think in my head what I what I expect Jesus to do in those circumstances is you know, to move away to to be cross, to be frustrated that we're demonstrating doubt. But actually, what does Jesus do when Thomas asks to touch his wounds? He moves closer. He lets him touch them. Um, with the man who's who expressed his, his belief and unbelief, his son was healed. Um, Jesus doesn't move away. He moves closer. And even, even when 
you know, we don't feel that. We don't feel God moving closer in our hearts or our minds or in our experiences. It's reassuring that that's still in the Bible, I think, was what that post was trying to say. You know, I'm grateful that those bits are in the Bible in the first place, but to be able to see Jesus's reaction to them, it's compassion. It's, he, he kind of, he, he seems to see it as a way to, to deepen the relationship. So com- the complete opposite to what we might expect. So I think that's why that post touched ner- touched nerve with people because yeah, it, it goes against what, what we fear. I suppose. And I'm sure there are other bits in the Bible that tell a slightly different story to that, but regardless, those bits are there as well. You know, those responses from Jesus are there, um, which is hugely comforting. <laughs> For me too. Absolutely. Yeah, it helps it helps me remember that there's there's a part of our history and our faith that it is all about doubt and wrestling and you know that I often remind folks that Jacob wrestled with God um and then God named Jacob Israel which means wrestles with God and so our part of that faith lineage then is is wrestling with God that that's part of who we are and when we stop wrestling with God maybe that's I don't I don't know I don't I don't know how to say this well, but, you know, if, if we were to ever stop wrestling with God or stop being curious or stop asking questions, that's when I would, as a pastor, <laughs> would be, would be worried. Yeah. yeah. I suppose if you, if you stop wrestling and you stop questioning and really that's kind of, that's just stopping like the, the whole, well, not the whole point, but, uh, our role as Christians is to to live it out and to follow Jesus, whatever that brings. Um, and I suppose if you stop if you stop engaging, then I'm sure this doesn't happen to some people, but others might just become a bit a bit stagnant and just get a bit too comfortable. Yeah, and faith isn't always about being comfortable. <laughs> no, as much as we would like it to be, it's not, is it? What would you say uh, is one of the risks of ignoring doubt? One of the things that you talked about with your own story was just, you know, shoving it to the side or pretending it's not there. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I am the cautionary tale <laughs> for what, what happens if you ignore it. Um, I think the the analogy I, I often um, think of in, when people ask me that is if you have an infected wound in your body or you have an illness, yes, there's a small chance that it might go away and heal itself if you completely ignore it. But the much higher chance is that it'll get worse. You know, it'll, the infection will spread. Um, regardless of that wisdom, that is what I tried to do for years, just to suppress them. Um, you know, we live in a culture where it's very easy to keep your mind occupied and not think about things if you choose to. And I fully embraced that lifestyle and just tried not to think about it. It wasn't that I was necessarily choosing to walk away from it all. I just didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to unpick it. And these are big questions and you, you can't, you can't ignore them for long. And if you do ignore them, they seep out in other ways. 
you know, our faith and our kind of our belief in God is central to our very sense of identity, our purpose, our reason for being. You know, starting to question those but not really dealing with them can have huge impacts on our mental health and things. You know, I, I did really suffer with anxiety and depression, which I think absolutely stemmed from from the doubt because I was just scared. I was really scared of what it meant for me, um, what would happen to my friendships and my relationships. You know, I didn't have a single friend at that point who wasn't a Christian. Um, so admitting it instead of ignoring it was a huge risk. Obviously now further down the line, having it's open and I talk about these things with, with my friends and my family, none of my fears were, came true. You know, I haven't, and I know that's not true for everyone in my situation, but ignoring it for so long was just stalled things. It, I, I'm so cross with myself, myself from years ago for not digging in and, and trying to sort it out sooner. Um, but it's hard. Like there's no, there's no point pretending that it's an easy thing to do. Um, people often ask me, you know, what can I do to, to sort this out? What can I do to get through it as quickly as possible? Um, and I'm afraid I don't have any kind of, you know, three-step process to this. I think my one, well, my two bits of advice stem from my experience of ignoring it, which is try to tell people, you know, if it's even if it's just one person, try to find someone safe that you can talk to about it just to reduce that shame and isolation. And don't rush it, you know, don't only get out half of the infection try and be brave enough to just admit everything that's on your heart and your mind but yeah it's Mm. it's hard there's no point no point pretending it's not and and I think in the faith journey it's something we learn to live with too you know how do we Mm. welcome it in and let it be a part of the story and um the writer Mm. Elizabeth Gilbert talked once about fear and what it's like to, you know, are we letting fear be the driver or, you know, when you try to put fear in the trunk and lock it up, it doesn't, it kind of festers, but if you can like put it in the back seat and say, okay, you're along for the ride. You're here. We're going to be friends and companions on this journey, but I'm not going to let you drive the car. Um, I think I wouldn't. Yeah. Re- replace yeah. fear <laughs> yeah. with doubt. Yeah. And then that's, yeah. 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 I think those two, yeah, you can easily replace fear with doubt in that situation. And it's about having them both. What would you say as we wrap up our new things that you're learning in your faith? I suppose I've spent so many years focused on doubt rather than faith. But actually, having come to a place of acceptance and allowing myself to kind of move on, move on a bit, I think I'm beginning to realise all the different facets to my faith that I do have that I've maybe not acknowledged in the past. Um, So I, the main way that I experience faith now is, it's just, you know, a kind of a longing, a longing sense, you know, an ache, a kind of, I think, I can't remember who the author was, but someone described their faith as kind of a homesickness that, And I absolutely feel that, you know, when I'm reading through the Gospels, 
it provokes that homesickness feeling that kind of it's kind of provoked but also simultaneously met by the stories of Jesus um and just just the longing for it to be for it to be true and for redemption and reconciliation to happen and I think it's it's new to me it's new to me to kind of embrace embrace faith I suppose and and begin to focus on that instead Mm. it's it's much much (laughs) nicer I love that well are you ready for a few rapid fire questions Mm. (laughs) okay go for it finish the sentence God is Mm, kind what is a favorite verse or story in the bible today other than the ones i've already mentioned um i love the the story of hagar when she says that you are Mm -hmm. the god who sees me i think it's in genesis um just the idea that god cares enough to even look at us in the first place yeah i love that story too she's the only person to give god a name in the bible you are the god who sees me Mm. Okay, if I were to walk into a party <laughs> and look for you, where would I find you? As far away from any big group of people <laughs> as possible. <laughs> Probably doing washing up in the kitchen. I am an introvert yeah. through and through. <laughs> what is on your bedside table or your nightstand? Many books. Many, many books. So, alongside a lamp, and sometimes the books get as high <laughs> as the lamp, which is... <laughs> Probably not very wise, but yes, I do love reading. Are you a fiction, nonfiction, everything? Everything. I try to. I mm-hmm. try to alternate so that I love a good yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. What do you love about Jesus? I suppose I've already given my answer. Really, um, just his compassion, his the way he notices people, the way he interacts with people just it's just revolutionary the way he treats people especially women in the gospels yeah there's always you always notice something something new when Mm -hmm. you read the story absolutely what do you know for sure do you want the spiritual answer or the silly answer (laughs) both let's go with both (laughs) the the topic focused answer would be that i know for sure that doubt doesn't rule me out it doesn't you know, it's not a, a passport straight to hell. Um, it's it's fine, and I think it doesn't completely cancel out the faith that I have. Um, the silly answer: I know for sure that I absolutely love tea. Um, English English cups of tea. <laughs> I really am quite obsessed. I love that. <laughs> And final mm-hmm. question, what is filling your well right now? Um, it's spring here at the minute. Um, so I I grow quite a few things, I vegetables and things. So what brings me joy at the minute is going into the greenhouse and tending to mm-hmm. the tomatoes. I think I've always found gardening to be, I'm not sure if it, it quite it quite works but I've always found it to be not necessarily a thin place but a thin time I'm not sure if that if you talk about thin places in America but just kind of moments or places where you just feel slightly more connected to God in a way and I've always found gardening just miraculous how it 
how things grow from tiny seeds to vegetables that I then cook and eat in the kitchen. Um, I always just find it a very peaceful, yeah. peaceful place yeah. to be. So where can people find you if they want to learn from you or find your Instagram or connect with you? So my Instagram is at about underscore doubt. Um, pretty does what it says on the tin. Um, and I will get in trouble with my publisher if I don't mention this, but I also have a book coming out next year. Um, it's called Let's Talk About Doubt. Um, and it is, it is my story. It is what, what happened to, to cause my doubt, what, what that looked like, how I've navigated that whilst still going to church. Um, so yes, if you, if you want to read more about, about, how I've experienced things then you can you can look for that I think it it is on Amazon available for pre-order um I think it should be on the U.S. Amazon as well as the U.K. well we'll so, link to yes. all those things so that people can find them and congratulations oh, that's so exciting <laughs> yes thank you yes I'm still slightly in yeah. disbelief about yeah. it Good. but yes thank you well thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your story and my pleasure I'm sure many folks who listen feel a little less alone in their doubt yeah and that's that's the whole point really just to let people know that it isn't just them and it's Mm -hmm. completely normal amen to that thank you so much My friends, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you to Kat for being so beautifully honest about her faith and doubt life coming together. I hope that you go check out her Instagram account if you don't follow her already and be sure to stay connected to us. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out via Instagram at Lady Preacher Podcast or Pastor Kelsey B. Find us online at dancingpastor.org where you can also sign up to receive our weekly devotional that we send out every Monday morning. Thank you to Bree for being our sound editor, for doing so much behind the scenes to make sure that these interviews sound good as they come out to you all, our listeners. And again, thank you for being here. We are so grateful for each and every one of you who listen from six continents across the world. It just, it blows my mind every time I see that. So thank you for being here. I invite you now to go forth into your week and receive this blessing. May you feel God's light shining upon you and God's love rising up within you and the peace of God within your heart. May you know that your questions are good, that your doubt is sacred, and that your faith is worthy and that you are enough. May you go held in the loving arms of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Go in peace, my friend, and have a great week.